0: Welcome to our Friday devotional on our journey through some of the highlights of Mark's Gospel. Today we consider chapter 15 verses 33 to 41. So we are now in the last three hours of Jesus's life. We now approach what can only be described as very holy ground as we see Jesus on the cross. And as we go in our mind's eye to the cross, we know that many of the people around the cross have been engaged in mocking Jesus. But suddenly the mocking comes to an end because we read in verse 33, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. The darkness began at 12 noon and finished at 3 p.m. Mark does not explain the significance of it But what we know about darkness in daytime in the Old Testament is that it is a symbol of God's wrath, God's judgment. For example, Isaiah chapter 13 verses 9 to 10, Amos chapter 8 verse 9. And we know that the very heart of what is going on on the cross is God's judgment being poured out upon our sins as Jesus takes them upon himself and then bears God's judgment that we deserved for our sins. And that is why there is the terrible cry issued from Jesus's lips in verse 34. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are the first words of Psalm 22. Even as Jesus is dying, it is all determined by what is written in Scripture. And why does Jesus cry out in this way? Because he is experiencing something unique for him. He is experiencing being forsaken by his Father, God the Father. And it would be an indescribable feeling, for from eternity he's known close companionship with the Father. Why is he experiencing this? Because he, the sinless one, will bear our sin, which means that he will be separated from his father, who cannot look upon sin. From all eternity, that has never happened. And then, of course, he would have God's punishment for our sin meted out on him. J.C. Ryle says, one thing is very plain, and that is the impossibility of explaining these words at all except we receive the doctrine of Christ's atonement and substitution for sinners. One explanation alone is satisfactory. That explanation is the mighty scriptural doctrine of Christ's vicarious sacrifice and substitution for us on the cross. He uttered his dying cry under the heavy pressure of a world sin laid upon him and imputed to him. And then in verse 37, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And at that point, we read in verse 38, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The temple curtain was the curtain between the holy place and the holy of holies. And this is hugely significant because the death of Jesus was the final and definitive sacrifice for sin. The old sacrificial system was brought to a decisive end. No longer would the high priest need to enter into the most holy place behind the curtain to atone for the sins of the people. Jesus is the new and eternal high priest and also the perfect sacrificial victim who obtains for his people eternal redemption. Some element of the significance of Jesus' death becomes clear to the Roman centurion. In verse 39, And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. Two things would have made an impression on this man. Firstly, in verses 34 and 37, we are told that the last words of Jesus were uttered with a loud voice. This was a cry of confidence, of victory. The crucified normally had no strength, so could not shout loudly. But of course, this was a shout of victory for our salvation had been procured. Secondly, Jesus died quickly. It was normally a slow death over a long period, even a couple of days. There was something different about this man. By quoting the Centurion, Mark brings us back again to the question that he's been asking all the way through his Gospel. Who is Jesus? Here in his weakness and rejection, Jesus is seen to be none other than the Son of God. Join me on Monday.